Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. It's Brian Prudhomme. It's Dave Cook. It is Saturday. It is the last Saturday in January already. And I'll tell you what, Mother Nature didn't get the memo as to what season it's supposed to be because if she did, and this is winter, I'm loving it, to quote McDonald's maybe a little bit early on a Saturday morning. But Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, good morning, Dave Cook. Not too bad, and you're on a different mic this week. Thank you for uh, messing oh, with me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying to take care of the future show. Uh, just trying to make sure everything is set up the way it should be for down the line today. Brian. Absolutely. Set up for hour number two, so you abandon mic number two, because hour number two, we may have a rarity here, an in-person guest today. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that, hardly. Right. You know, if it's not Jay Hagan, I don't know if there's... I, I, how do we do this? Absolutely. And as far as we know, it's not Jay Hagen. Maybe he's listening. I think he's on the road this morning. So if he wants to pop in, he could. And I think Steve has a key, so I don't have to worry about that when Pitt's here. So Right. But we are going to have another Steve today. We're going to have the general manager of the Duluth Harbor Monsters, we believe, to start the 11 o'clock hour. The only issue is we haven't heard from him yet. But we did hear from a lot of listeners this week talking about, I can't wait to tune in this Saturday because it's not breaking news that you and I weren't necessarily pro Joe Maurer ballot one Hall of Famer. And now that it happened, people think we're either going to fly off the handle or eat crow or be upset or what have you. And I think we're going to disappoint people because I feel none of those things. Yeah, I don't either. I don't feel. So as I told you in the car, Brian, and a little bit beforehand, I think Joe Maurer's a Hall of Famer. Yes. But the idea that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer is insane. Like, if you want to say he's a first ballot catcher and ignore the rest of his career. Which I'll is listen. pretty much what was done. I'll listen. Right. But he played, he wasn't a nine-year player in major leagues. He was a 15-year player in the majors. And for six of those years, he was Scott Stahoviak. The rest wow. of it. He, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I was going to say he was slightly less than John Olerud. Scott Stahoviak might be a little harsh. <laughs> the, rest, the rest of it, he is absolutely first ballot Hall of Fame catcher. He is... A guy who played in, you know, wherever their AAA team, well, St. Paul now, but where it was before. Right. Uh, for Rochester? From, yeah. The Red Wings? He would have been the stud in Rochester. Like, I, I just, again, I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer because his catching ability and, and when he was young and, and before his injuries, and his injuries were not his fault. Right. right? So I'm and not injuries even, were certainly a factor. Yes. They were the biggest factor. No doubt. Um, because if he's still behind the plate, even... So we've talked about Posada for a long time because you know where I'm on with Posada. If he catches the whole time and he hits like he hit uh, as uh, the rest of his career, and he becomes a you know a 250 hitter instead of a you know a 350 hitter, he's still a Hall of Fame catcher, right? Because just I don't I try very hard not to take catchers' decline years, right? Um, because I shouldn't say how do I say this? If he's still a catcher, even if he's an average catcher. Uh, after he was the best catcher of all time, right. he's still that catcher guy. And let's be honest, if you take his first base numbers and put them as a catcher, he is pretty an good. above average catcher still. Yeah, he's pretty good. He just spent 40% of his career being less than John Olerud. But think and of, that was ignored to a point, and that's no, fine. Oh, no, 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 it was ignored. <laughs> but here's the reason that I thought it could be, and I can't believe I'm being pro-Joe Maurer here because I've said this in weeks past. He wasn't just one of the best to catch. He was the best for those eight or nine years. The best ever so, to do it. So let me see if I can't put this in a... in a. So we all think Johan probably got jobbed, right? Probably. Probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Came into the Hall of Fame voting when it was all the PED guys and people were arguing about that. He didn't get 5%, right? 
So if Johan, who for five years was probably the best pitcher in baseball, came back as Carl Willis, a four ERA, four and a half ERA, pitched two innings here and there, right. um, was important because you need a guy to do that, but was uh, they have 900 other guys like that Agreed. that could pitch in the majors. Would we still say, God, you know, Johan was a first ballot hall. We should have. Or, well, if, or if, if Adrian Beltre, who absolutely was a first ballot Hall of Famer, right, turned into, I don't know, what's the what's the guy who played Mike in Lowell. Kansas City? No, the the guy who, ah, never mind. Yes, let's go with Mike Lowell. I can't remember. I can see his face. Scott Fletcher. So let's say that I remember Adrian him more Beltre, as a Ranger, but okay. Let's say Adrian Beltre turned into Scott Fletcher. Okay. For half of his, well, or Steve Bouchel for a third of his career. Do we say first ballot Hall of Famer? No, we don't. And so that's what that's what gets me. Does that mean he's not a Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. Right. He Harold is a Baines Hall of Famer. changed all of that. So here's the thing, and this feels super weird because I'm coming from the pro Joe Maurer standpoint. What parallel universe is this? But the example you just gave with Johan, here's the reason it doesn't work. Johan was the best pitcher in baseball for five years. You're right. But he wasn't the best pitcher ever to pitch a baseball for five years. I think for eight. Joe Maurer was the best ever to catch, period. I disagree with that completely. I think Johnny Bench would have something to say about that. Um, because, again, this is the Posada argument. If you gave Johnny Bench nine years and you took his greatest nine years and then you ignored the part that when he was declining, I think you'd probably have a different ball player. Like, that's the issue. Right. The issue is we got all these ball players, the catchers in particular, guys. Well, Thurman Munson may be a great example because he only played nine years, right? Probably should be in the Hall of Fame, isn't. Well, and that's what I want to but know. Think about the other. Catchers, I don't want to sidetrack this, but that's what I want to know. What does this vote do to the future of some folks that have been, let's just say, ignored because they probably shouldn't yes. have been? I'm not doing this to take credit away from Joe Maurer. I get it because the bench argument is valid, but the batting titles are there, the Gold Gloves yes, are, are there. Joe 100%. Maurer wasn't a one side of the ball catcher. Correct. So it's I get why it happened. I didn't necessarily think it should happen. I'm with you there, but I'm just. Trying to put myself in the voters' shoes, and I think I understand. I don't agree, but I can understand. I, I don't understand. And it is truly because they 100% ignored a third of his career. Well, here's the other piece that I think is a factor, at least for me. If I was voting, first of all, I wouldn't have voted for him on the first ballot. So go ahead and crucify me on social media like they do for everybody else who said they wouldn't have. Or for the quote-unquote private ballots, which, by the way, only two-thirds of them actually did. Which is weird, by the way. Like, either... I mean, if you're proud of your vote, put it out there. Or don't put any of them out there. Let's wait till the announcement, and then let's just yeah, look at let's numbers. Let's be surprised, yeah. Because let's be honest, I think we were surprised when he's clocking at 84% yeah. for two months and then slips to 76 when you need 75. That was a little bit jarring. Yeah, no, that was surprising. Um, but think about those guys that did get screwed over by the PED guys. You know, their code, our voters were voting for you know, bonds instead of Jim Edmonds, right? Jim Edmonds should be in the hall of fame. He's got numbers that are better than many, many, many of them, but he got right. at the wrong time. But people are voting for Maurer over Sheffield, Maurer over huh? Clemens, Maurer Just, over whomever, Maurer over A-Rod. Would you really do that if you're starting a baseball team? You wouldn't. Well, well, here's the sad thing about those guys is A-Rod, the kid you would absolutely have. Right. Uh, A-Rod, the, the, you know, a good example or a good comparison for him might be Andrew Jones. 
because Andrew Who should Jones, be in, by the way. Andrew Jones. For Andrew Jones kind of is Joe Mauer because Verlali was the best center fielder. But again, I, I still go to not one of the best ever to play the game and not the best ever, but maybe the best of an era. But if you talk to guys who saw him play and had history beforehand, they'll tell you he might be the best defensive center fielder. I agree I with saw. you, but what today's voters are able to cling to is you can't say for anybody but Maurer, nobody ever to play the game before him has done this. I'm not saying it's correct. I'm, I feel very weird because I feel like I'm arguing with you on behalf of Joe Maurer. And in baseball, I would never do that. But I just have developed an understanding as to why this happened. I, again, I am not saying Joe Maurer is not a Hall of Famer. Right, nobody would. I, I don't even think you and I, who were kind of, eh, maybe, maybe not, could actually say silly it. silly that he's a first a Right, first the shine of, of the term first ballot is now gone. Yep. But here's the other two things that I thought played into it. Number one, I think it's worth being a really good guy yep. because you've got baseball media members voting. And when I saw people who did put their ballot out there, you saw Joe Maurer was a pure joy to cover, pure yes. joy to talk about the game with. So what? Michael Kadair was too. Michael Kadair isn't getting in. Right. And and Morneau, you know, Morneau's career path follows Joe's pretty pretty well. Right. Could have had the year he got hurt. He was on an MVP track. Um, but the rest of his career wasn't all that great. Right. And the other two things that I want to mention is you hit on one, not being a PED guy elevates you all of a sudden. Yes. Should it or not, that's a topic all, all its own for another show. And I still wonder what if Joe Maurer had somebody like Wade Boggs playing against him? Because people will look at Kirby versus Joe. Joe has more batting titles. Great. Joe has an MVP. Kirby didn't. Joe didn't have Wade Boggs hitting 360 every year to take batting titles away either. Yeah, what if he true. finishes second three times? Are we clinging to the titles? Uh, no. I think that – I really do think that for his career as a catcher, he was that guy, right? The problem is, again – He was it, a brand-new type of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just – it just – so here's – you asked me how this is going to impact the future. So Buster Posey is the next catcher. He better be in. He better be in. 1,500 hits, but Brian. He, but he better be in because he hit a ton of home runs. He's got a good batting average. If Maurer's in, Buster Posey better be in. Okay. so now And Posada I, better find a way in. You could even laughably make an argument for A.J. Pruszynski if you wanted to because of longevity because Joe Maurer only caught 920 games in one pitch. Now this feels better because I'm going more anti-Joe than I am pro for the first 10 minutes. I, I'm going to do something for next week. I got to remember. I got to write it down. I got to write down how many ball players in the Hall of Fame have 1,500 hits as a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, there's probably none. None. Uh, my how guess many is did Babe none. Ruth get while pitching? That might be part of it. Right. Um, and so I, but Joe, in the fact that they ignored a whole bunch of stuff, got a first ballot. Posey's not probably going to be a first ballot, but you can't say that anymore. Right. Now you have no idea. But I don't, I mean, God, how many guys were that guy for 1,500 hits that were overlooked over history? I just think it's hilarious because I think I've gotten to the point where maybe I'm going to get off my lawn guy now. Apparently and my, I am. My baseball takes have aged out because the people who didn't vote for Joe, the dip that he took with the private ballots, these people got crucified for not being, you know, an open book about their vote. But then you know they would have been crucified if they were because, oh my gosh, they didn't have Maurer on it. There's plenty of arguments. We just made some as to why he shouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But for, again, anybody looking for me to eat crow or get triggered by this, no, I, I just can't be. It's, it's not a big deal, but I'm not overjoyed like you know people 30 and under are because that was their guy if you're a Twins fan. You know, the, the guy who is probably really an interesting side-by-side is Todd Helton. 
Todd Helton's numbers are ridiculous, right? Right. He made such a good point the other day listening to him, you know, because he gets the Colorado Rocky, you know, you played in Colorado, so you don't get credit for that. Um, Well, that's the thing. This is actually taken away from part of buy or sell. I might have to change buy or sell now when we talk Major League Baseball, but I remember when MLB would take nobody. They would look at a ballot and go, you know what? There's nobody on here that's going to get 75%. Mm -hmm. Or they'd take one, and the one was obvious, like Beltre this year. I thought Maurer would get dinged for 40% of John Olerud's career. I thought Helton would get Coors Field dinged. Instead, we got all three of them, and I'm surprised. I, so this was this was Helton's last swing, right? No pun, no pun intended. I think this was his tenth year. I'm not sure, but okay. Um, I didn't he, think it was that far yet. He made such a cool point though the other day. He said, "You know, people always tell will say that uh, I get extra points for Colorado because the curveball didn't curve as much, the fastball didn't sink, you know, all those things." He goes, "But when I left Colorado, those things were double as good as they were because I didn't see them." So a curveball that in Colorado broke, uh, you know, six inches, all of a sudden broke 18 inches. And his batting average out of Colorado was still 280. Right. And so those are the things that you, you also need to take into consideration. And he never DH'd. Right. And here's the interesting part, though, because here's two questions that I maybe unfairly ask when somebody gets elected to the Hall of Fame. Number one, were they a model of consistency? I'm not sure Helton ever could be because your stats are going to be elevated at Coors versus somewhere else. Was Joe Maurer a model of consistency? Absolutely not, because we just talked about going from other world catcher to John Olerud 2.0. And then the other question is, what was their signature moment or moments? I have a difficult time coming up with any for all three that got in. Yeah, no, there's that's true. Uh, Beltre's might Beltre's be Beltre's don't hit him in the head. Right, don't touch his head. That might be the one. The other thing I read uh, a long time ago is a Hall of Famer when there's money on the table and a Hall of Famer comes to bat, you should go, oh, crap, so-and-so's coming to bat. And for the first nine years of Maurer's career, he was that guy. Yeah, except um, for mostly there had to be a fast runner on second because you were getting a single to left. But for the first nine years of his career, he could do more damage. Right, that. correct. The last five, he was the guy you wanted to come I to did bat. get a kick out of that because if you look at social media and you look at the video tributes to Maurer, and again, I'm not upset How by this. that one by Justin have, Marnot? That was pretty cool. That was awesome. But I do apologize to listeners that couldn't wait to hear me be angry or triggered or eat and crow about this. Again, none of those things for me. What's done is done. Yep. And it's the one thing I appreciate about the transparency of the vote going into the announcement because it gave me time to maybe come to grips with it. Because again, I started the show in support of Joe Maurer because I started to understand. I don't agree, but I understand. It's a good political message that is possible to to (laughs) not agree, but actually understand people. But it's just so interesting to me that these video tributes showed highlights of Joe and a bunch of them showed home runs. And I was like, what? What did, what did you compile every one he hit in his career? Nobody looks at a highlight reel of Joe Maurer and goes, oh, there's another bomb for my... Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> the guy couldn't run into 10 home runs a year. Yeah, well, and at the end, all he did was, you know, he'd get a single here and there and hit in a double play. Yes. Place. So um, I, I do think, though, that Joe's career uh, is a Hall of Fame career, just not a first No doubt. And he When may- you say no other catcher has done this, this, or this, mm-hmm. the resume speaks for itself. Did it speak to first ballot? Not for me. Crucify me accordingly. Well, yeah, if you're going to get crucified for that, imagine what it's going to look like here for Especially me. Especially if you heard the first 10 minutes of the show. I was the Joe guy. The, Mark it down. The um, I couldn't the, stand him for a lot of his career. Andy has probably the worst umpire call in the history of baseball. Yes. When, when your and double that's the is thing. six Signature feet moments were discussed on social media this yeah. week, and some people said, well, his signature moment, a call went against him. 
Yeah, and and again, injuries are not his. It's really the first time we ever heard of a bilateral leg weakness right. or a concussion. Although I've had it my entire life, they just call it cerebral palsy. And but, I still went to work every day, Joe. <laughs> it, you know the concussion ending careers. I mean, and it, obviously he was still alive and still played, but he was never the same guy after right. that concussion. And neither, frankly, was Morneau. And we really hadn't seen. At least you know, I'm like I said, I'm a little older. Than you are. I've I never knew. Of a, of a concussion ending a career. I'm sure it happened. They just didn't talk about it, right? Right. Or um, maybe it should have, and it just didn't. Yeah. Um, but Joe was on path to be an absolute, you know, when you're putting together your starting nine of all time, right. being in the conversation. Joe was going to be the catcher. You bet he was. Yep. And, and it just didn't turn out that way, and they still rewarded him for it like it was. Right. And you could argue that maybe they did the same thing with Kirby. Now, by the time Kirby was done... It ended super abruptly. Well, we never saw. But yeah, he we had never saw his twenty three hundred hits. Never declined, but people factored it in and said, "Well, he was good enough already." It's a different argument, but kind of of the same boat. Oh. The tweet that I saw that I guess again I understand. I feel very understanding. You're gonna make me today. go on a DH rant here. No, quick. we don't have the time. We got to get to our opening topic. We only have ten minutes to do it. <laughs> so, the thing on Twitter that I saw that I said, "Okay, I'll give you that." Again, I don't agree, but I understand. They said in the case of Mauer, you have to embrace what was and not get obsessed with what could have been. I guess I get it. Yeah, uh, okay. But I take it and include everything. And and then that tweet's perfect. Right. You know, you, you have to take Yeah, in. actually the tweet was a subtweet. It said, embrace what was except for those last six years. Right, that's that's exactly what it was. And and again, Joe Maurer, as tough a guy as you ever... I mean, he, he had to put different glasses on to see at night. I mean, the guy did everything he could do to play. I am not for one second minimizing Joe Maurer's career. I am really questioning Hall of Fame voting and how in the world you overlook stuff when you've held things against players yep. forever, or you could have just played and this are we, one neutral. Are we just done taking zero or one Hall of Famers per year? Because this probably should have been Adrian yeah. Beltre by himself, and it isn't. Is it more about money and marketing and Cooperstown does better when more people come out? That's a different topic altogether. Yeah, and, and we've held... Things like Bonds PED against him, right? Well, Bonds before the PED was a Hall of Fame baseball player, right? Right, and then he his went, Pittsburgh career alone could yes. have been a Hall of Fame baseball player. So Joe's rest of his career fell off, right? Bonds picked up, but if you think about it, after nine years, they were both Hall of Famers. Right. One got in, and we overlooked everything. The other one's never going to get in because we hold it against them. Well, but one involves the integrity of the game. One involves statistical dip. No, I don't I, think those are the same. No, but I. But if you. You're right. That's why that's why the argument isn't valid. Right. Except that you look at the first nine years and you say that guy. If you take the rest of his career and you throw him out and, and in bonds, you never let him in. But I'm talking about Joe's first ballot uh Joe's first ballot election because right. he's in. It happened. It yep. almost didn't because of those who keep their word private. And I'd have been all in for him next year, that's by the way. Superbly weird too, by the way, because you start to wonder what kind of good old boys club is the voters because how did yeah. he have the gigantic dip of people that wouldn't say who they voted for? And then how did he do so well on those that were public? You've talked about being afraid of the hall of fame becoming the hall of very good. What if it's become the hall of very good people because Joe doesn't have PED. Joe has a great reputation among the writers who vote. It doesn't have to be statistically very good. You have to be statistically pretty good and also a very good person. I'm going to two points. And I'll be done. One, somebody said to me the other day, the Hall of Fame has become the Hollywood Walk of Fame, where if you had a good movie, you get to put your fingerprints on the ground. Right. And it's not that big of a deal Actually, anymore. they market it where you can make your own. Jen and I did it. 
Um, the the other the other bit is, if you want to argue Joe Maurer is a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I'm, you can't anymore because he is. I'm going to ask you to look at next year's ballot and tell me. So Ichiro is going to go in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got a legitimate shot at being unanimous. I kind of think maybe he should be, but. He probably should be, Joe but if Maurer's Griffey career. wasn't, then I don't think Ichiro should be. Go ahead. Joe Maurer's career and Ichiro's career. One is unbelievable Hall of Fame. Remember we talked right. about your starting nine? Ichiro's, you're going to at least say, what about Ichiro? But I can close this book immediately because people, people did it to me. Ichiro never caught. Because you can argue statistically how many players are much better than Joe that were never behind the plate. This is the DH but we, conversation. We said this forever. He's going to get in because of what he did as a catcher because nobody else did. This is our David Ortiz conversation. Right. He didn't play any defense. So, right? again, if you're exuberant about this, to quote Dan Barrero, we're happy for you. If you're triggered by this, <laughs> I pity you. I'm somewhere in between. It happened. It happened sooner than I thought, but it was going to happen. All right. Let's, let's move forward. So what it did for this week was Joe Maurer's name was kind of shoved down your throat. So if you talked about native sons who played baseball at the major league level, you were all about Joe Maurer. But it begs the question, historically speaking, sport by sport of the big four, when somebody says, name a Minnesota-born player who played this, who's the first one that comes to your mind? I'll let you lead for sport and for player. All right, let's go hockey, and it's Neil Broughton. Okay, Why? Because he's the first guy for me that, and of course it's my age, right? Um, I was 10 and I'm a gopher guy. And Neil Broughton was the one who led them to national championships. And then he was the Olympic guy. And then he was the North Star guy. He was right. always, he was always kid. one of us. Yeah. That's a great take. And even with my youth compared to you by 11 years, Neil was still a big deal when I got involved too. Yep. But mine has a heavy dose of recency bias. And maybe it's appropriate for today with War Road because happy hockey day to those who celebrate. But for me, it was TJ Oshie. And I think it was because of the Olympic moment, too. See, some of the guys that are in now, it's because I announced them when they were in high school. TJ Oshie being one of those guys. You that feels see, weird, doesn't it? Well, Brock Nelson is even weirder. Um, but, you know, the the first guy that, that I really got to announce who played in the NHL that I was, was Forbert. Like, I got to... I got to announce Derek all summer long for right. three or four years. Right. And all of a sudden he's in the NHL and I'm like, he didn't lose any luster for you by going to North Dakota, Nope. which it's safer just to call them North Dakota rather than assign a nickname and yeah. God forbid, get it wrong. Nope. Uh, Derek was a big deal in, in my announcing career because I, I was able to follow him through, even though I've announced Parisi when he was a kid and all that former, I don't, for some reason, Derek's the one who I'm like, I announced him. Bod's different when they grow up in your backyard too. You didn't just have a game against him because I used to do that with, let's say, you know, I can do that with Chet Holmgren. If you want to go to the NBA next, I can say, well, I announced for Chet Holmgren. Yeah, yeah once. They came to East and played one time. But, you know, that doesn't stick for me. Derek Forbert growing up in the backyard, that's a little different. Yeah, and I think basketball is kind of the same thing then because it's Rick, right? I mean, there's there's players that are from Minnesota. I guess I didn't even consider him because he didn't actually play an NBA game. So, so Rick is my friend, and I apologize, but I didn't put him in here because he didn't play a professional game in the NBA. And and I was never a see McHale played when I was see a, that's that's who it is for me. When I was a kid, he played against Little Falls, right? So I was right, but I'll do your Broughton technique that he was a Gopher. Granted, he was never a, he was never a Timberwolf. That would have been cool. He was a Celtic, oh, which was I my team back Randy then. Brewer, yeah. But then Kevin McHale did become part of the Timberwolves brass. And it's always been the hashtag one of us for me is Kevin McHale. Yeah. You can modernize and go Suggs and Holmgren, what have you. You can say Kevin Lynch if you'd like to. How about Winnie? 
Well, you're switching sports on me. No, he because- played. He, he he was a gopher basketball player, right? Right. Baseball player. How many NBA player. games did he play? Right. Zero. Okay. But because I, I mean, didn't, he I didn't know we your, could do that. I thought this topic was professional athlete that played that professional it sport. Is, it is. So you're cheating. Okay. Just Only wanted the news flash. He's talking PED guys, then he's cheating Only at his own Winfield. topics. Only with Winfield. Rick played professional. That's like I only took steroids once. <laughs> it still counts. How many guys do you think in baseball can say that? Wow. I, I'm, that's just. Wasn't, a, wasn't that the Mitchell report at one time? Yeah. How many guys can say they did it once? Uh, McHale's probably the right guy. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. Flip might be because we, you know, it was a different angle, a different angle that he got into the NBA. Right. But Or the notoriety yeah, that it came with. So, but it's probably McHale. All right, so it is McHale for me. Do you want to go baseball since you were chomping at the bit to mention Dave Winfield? Because I struggled with this one because there are so many, and there are so many good ones. Yeah, it's and it's it is really and it has a lot to do with when you were really into the sport, right? Because for a lot of people, it's Molitor. It is right? for me. It was um, it was going to be Winfield because I had a Dave Winfield poster when he was a Yankee, and you wouldn't catch me dead with a Yankee poster anywhere these days. But Winfield was a big deal, but. It was Molly because Molly became one of us eventually. And it's not really a secret that I've been anti-Wisconsin teams and players before. But when Paul Molitor was a star, let's be honest, it was with the Brewers. And my father was like, no, no, we, we don't have to be anti him like we are the rest of them. You have to know the story of Paul Molitor. And that changed a lot of things. Well, here's, here's the thing about Joe. All right. And I'm too old for Joe to be the first one. But Winfield was... Joe would be the first one this week because he can't escape it, but Well, yes. no, but hear me out. So Winfield, I think, was our guy until he did what everybody else did, and that was take the big money from George Steinbrenner and right. run, right? Right, Joe never took the big money to go someplace else. Like, he got paid by us. I get it, right? But he could have gone to Boston for another $20, right? right? And played um, catch with the Green Monster yes, and had a huge and, career. And had, even when he was John Oliver. He would have had 3,000 hits if he would have stayed Probably healthy. Maybe so. even if he didn't. Probably so there. Imagine but, if Mauer and Ortiz were both Red Sox. The consternation by the media folks here. Oh my gosh! Right, um, but the um, um, I think that Joe Mauer is probably the right answer now, right? But Morris, because he played in Detroit and then came well, it's, here, it's right? absolutely a question of how old are you? Yes, hundred percent. Mor- Morris is a weird one for me because he might come to mind because until he came here, I didn't like him at all. At all. I mean, he was he had the attitude that he was kind of like Przinsky, where the attitude makes you go. Ugh. When he's an opponent, and then he joins your team, and it's the greatest attitude ever. Isn't it funny, though, that the vast majority of the guys we're talking about are were born in about a 15-block radius in St. Paul? Right, and Creighton Durham Hall can be pretty proud of, of most of yeah. them. So Terry Steinbach is a guy, but yep. I, th- I think that— But um, Terry Steinbach was like Morris for me. He played for a rival team for too long. He ended up here, but he was in Oakland A when I couldn't stand him. And, you know, it's funny when you think of 87 and 91 ninety one Morris is the story on the mound eighty seven you had to get by him first yeah no i I just think that I think that it's molly i just I just do he's the first guy and because i because I like the historical right. part of it there's so many do you think if we guys. have listeners that are twenty five and under they're going who are these guys that they're talking about I think so I think do you think that, legends of the game are as revered and focused on as they were when we were kids how about this at some point let's uh take a look and think about in the future, which one of the four St. Paul guys is going to be the one people forget? Yeah, that's a good question. It's probably going to be Morris. It's going to be Morris or Winfield. I don't think I don't think anybody will forget Molitor um, because he had the managing part as well. Right. Um, and I think Joe, obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer. They're all Hall of Famers. 
right? So it'll, it'll just be interesting to see which one goes by, the, which one becomes Terry Steinbach. Winf- right? Well, that's probably the guy, but obviously he's born in a different spot. That's going to be the and, forgotten Minnesotan, if you will. Yes. But I agree with you even further that it's probably going to be Winfield because of the ones you just mentioned, they all played here at some point. Mm-hmm. And people, I think, probably most likely forget that Winfield did because it was so brief. And it was, again, rather DH, unimpactful. DH guy. All right, so the NFL to close it out, and we're actually going to do this pretty much Jim on Farnhorst. time. That's the first one that comes to mind. Yep, because I was a Little Falls kid growing up, and he's a St. Cloud Tackleum. All right, so for me, it's the running joke that you and I have had. It's the, did you know that he went to Detroit Lakes and played at Mankato? It's, it's Thielen for me. Now, were there others before him? Absolutely, there were. I brought up Bronco Nagurski when we got to the studio today, and there's plenty of guys you could talk about before. If you want to talk about how Joe Maurer is kind of shoved down your throat this week and probably will be till the end of time now, up here it's C.J. Ham. Yep. We've never talked about what a fullback does because most of us don't know. But now, closed circuit Duluth Denfeld, we talk about him all the time no matter what he does. So Bronco Nagurski, to me, is Chief Bender. He is um, any number of guys who played in the NHL before I knew anything about the NHL. You know, any black and white basketball player, you know, back in the in the Minneapolis Laker guys. Right. Um, I you don't know, know who it really should be. They talked about him, and I don't know who he was. You know it should be hmm. is Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, my gosh. But it it's absolutely not should be Larry Fitzgerald and because he didn't play here. <clears throat> if people say Larry Fitzgerald here, they say, oh, yeah, his dad was a columnist, right? Well, I think up here you'd say just what happened. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. Right. That's probably who it should be. So, no, I... Because of where I grew up and when I grew up, everybody knew Jim Farnhorse was in St. Cloud, and he made the – I could say Jim Langer because his grandson played football with me, but that's right. a whole different thing. You know who it was for me for a short time, and you'll probably love this because he was a gopher? It was Carl Mecklenburg. Yeah. Because I didn't think to acknowledge anybody as a young kid who didn't play for my favorite team. But my parents noticed an interest I took in sports – so they'd buy you books at book fairs about yeah, like yep. today's NFL stars. And I'd read about who the heck's this guy. And I saw this big old linebacker for the Broncos and it said from Minnesota. And I went, how come I don't know who he is? I like and, this guy. Right. Now I have to like him. No, I, I think football is interesting because it's, there aren't a whole lot of skill players. And, you know, if we revere Joe Maurer because he's such a good guy, then maybe we should celebrate CJ Moore because of CJ him more so yes because he's a great guy look at all the stuff he does for the community and he comes back and he doesn't like walk away from the person that he is in the town he's from he's a really great guy so maybe the nfl will put him in on the first ballot because that's what mlb does now right i'm not gonna say that i'm off my hall of fame ballot stump now all right so we're bumping out with one of us the chorus goes what if god was one of us well the guy they once called baby jesus he's into the hall of fame like it or not Again, if you're overjoyed, we're happy for you. If you're triggered, get help. I hope it was an interesting conversation. I think it was. We'll let the listeners decide. We'll let one listener who's also a sponsor tell us in a moment. Dave Hoops is next. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We'll be right back. We're not so much about mighty fine wine, but in a moment, we're going to be about mighty fine beer. You can find it at Hoops Brewing. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We are the Northland Sports Page. Hoops, of course, is one of our great sponsors. We are blessed with several. Dave Cook's going to tell you about them right now. Absolutely. Let's start with Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophy, Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance, Comfort Systems, Arola Architecture Studio, the original of our sponsors, Brian, OAR Holding, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, 
the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road, in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater right downtown, and Tavern on the Hill. And we can we can also want to highlight, because Aaron and I were on our tours again looking for a vehicle for him. Nice. We have Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai. And now, Brian, we heard a little bit something. I was going to say, Kohler Hyundai has a pretty cool uh, promotion going. So, by the way, if Aaron gets yeah, a short, vehicle. Close circuit to Aaron. I was going to say, if he gets a vehicle but doesn't need a TV, I'll take it. Dave Cook has more. Yeah. Uh, Kohler Hyundai, right now, if you buy any vehicle, uh, you get a 65-inch TV to go along with it. Um, the other thing they have, so, I mean, if you're looking and you need, and, and that's a plus for you, right? I mean, that's probably what a $650 value, something like that. Something that dollar value. Right. Um, they also have vehicles that have the 0% interest rate and we haven't heard 0% interest rate in a long time. I for mean, 36 during, months during COVID you, I mean, they'd give you 36% interest for zero months. Right. Um, but we were looking the other day and, and they have a really cool Hyundai, uh, line is the name of their, their sports their sports car. So again, have a fun day at Kohler Hyundai. Ab- absolutely. Their end line is all about performance. You know, sometimes you see the fancy ones and they're just nice stitching on the seats or whatever. No, if you like to go, Hyundai end line uh, is a is a great vehicle to give a shot. I keep jumping in here because it is Kohler Hyundai and they keep telling us to make sure we say that, not Hyundai, but you tripled, quadrupled down on it. Right, but it gives you the opportunity to jump in. Yes, and it resonates great with the bump in song of Joy to the World because if you listen to those first few lyrics... It resonates with my relationship with Dave because it says, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. Dave is most certainly a good friend of mine. But then it says, never understood a single word he said. And that that resonates sometimes with me as well. So wait, no. It says bullfrog and not bulldog. I thought that's why we were playing it. No, we localized that song when I was in elementary school in music class. It was bulldog. It took me a long time to realize that the real lyrics were bullfrog. (laughs) Either way, it was Joy to the World from Three Dog Night. The guy that brings us joy every Saturday is Dave Hoops. He's here now. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, and you, you're too kind. And great discussion about Mauer. I enjoyed that. That yeah. was interesting. What did you think? Because, I, again, I had listeners come to me and say, I can't wait to hear what you have to say because I know you weren't a big fan. And I feel like in that sense I let them down because I'm not triggered by this, but I'm not doing somersaults or cartwheels over it. It happened. We thought it would. And that's you that. You thought it would. Well, because the transparency of the vote. He was in the oh, 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. going in. Yep. He dipped to 76. I thought that I had several months, I guess, to prepare for this. Do I agree? No. Have I developed an understanding? Yes. What's your thought, Dave Hoops? Well, I think that your your points are extremely valid. I But I, I thought the whole time he's going to make it. He's uh, extremely well-liked. I've met him a number of times. He was at the brewery. Um, all you can see is class, character, and skill. I, you know, I'll give you the analogy. I hate the Yankees. Hate's a strong word. I dislike them, them strongly. But I always thought highly of Jeter, you know, and, and no matter for or against, you know, Maurer's one of those guys that most people just don't dislike. And he's good enough. And I think it's a great thing that he's in. And I'm not going to really pick it apart as well as you guys did. That's how I would frame it. Right. And again, I think for us, the big thing is we're not picking apart that he's in. We all understood that that should happen. I think what we picked apart was the first ballot piece. And Dave Cook, I'm going to pitch it back to you because what Dave Hoops just said is a fine take. I appreciate it a great deal. But he confirmed some of our suspicions because he said good enough. And that phrase makes me cringe a little bit. And then what Dave Hoops brought up was the likability of Joe Maurer as a person, which is wonderful. 
But the amount that I think it factors into voting now is a head scratcher too. Uh, it's Dave hit the words right on the head. Good enough and Jeter. Do you want to compare Jeter first ballot Hall of Famer? Look at the rings. Look at the number of hits. Look at all the things that Jeter got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then look at Joe's nine seasons as, I mean, if Jeter would have had to go to first base and was just a guy for the last half of his career, the, I, was, I got a text from somebody that said, Ernie Banks, what position did Ernie Banks play? Second base. Shortstop. See, and I have, nine, him as a sec, but I have him as a second baseman in my years, life. And then he played first base. And so I was wrong. He never played second base. No, he was a wow. shortstop, and then went. Then I don't know the history of Ernie Banks well at all. I went, apologize. Went to first, and uh, while Dave's talking, I'm going to quick look up some numbers. So let's go to Dave. All right, so Dave, I'm going to go to you with chasing a different sort of ring. We talked about it with baseball, but we're getting close to deciding who gets one in football. We've done playoff pick 'em each of the last couple of weeks. Let's do it again today. Sunday tomorrow is going to be a great day of football because these final four teams left. All are incredibly good teams with fun storylines attached. I'm not sure that a game can get better than the AFC title game we're going to have tomorrow to start it. Two o'clock, the kickoff, Chiefs at Ravens. Who you got and why? Well, first I want to mention you You are so correct last week about you know betting against Mahomes that we talked about this this week. It's just you don't do it, right? The only problem was I was correct about it and then I wouldn't do it. I didn't have the guts to actually stick with what I said, right, Dave? Well, you're still right, though. And, you know, and I keep on saying AFC Vikings, and we all agree, and we saw it happen, and it's the way it is. But to this game, you're all right. It's going to be an amazing game. I really think in this game it is about the two quarterbacks hugely. Um, I was looking at it. Jackson last time beat him with three touchdowns and 100 yards on the ground, you know. Um I do think that there's uh, the defenses are both stellar, under 20 points, you know, per game. They're the best. They're the two tops. Um, I looked at the refs again. This refing crew has called the most offensive offsides penalties. Take that what you will. Um, but overall, I, I don't like to do this because I'm rooting for the Chiefs. But I, I think I'm going to go overtime, Baltimore win, 34-31, against how I really feel in my heart, but my head tells me that Baltimore is just good enough, just like Maurer. Yeah, I think that's when they need to be. <laughs> I think the league would love this if it went overtime because you're going to have another one of those instant classics. I'm going to go a little different direction than you did. I'm going to go a very similar direction with what I said last week, but this time I'm going to have my pick match my words. You're right. I said last week it's just nuts to pick against the Chiefs, even on the road where they're not really used to being. Whatever reason... It is, I don't know, but for whatever reason, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, etc., pick it up a notch in the playoffs. This roster for Kansas City doesn't have a lot, without question. It's mainly about the quarterback and the tight end, sprinkle in Pacheco a little bit. Baltimore, if they get Mark Andrews back, might be the same story. It's about the quarterback, the tight end, sprinkle in a running back here and there. And you're right, Dave Hoops, they may win this with defense, but I think they, this time, is going to be the Chiefs. But I'm going to go a different direction, and I talked about maybe folks get triggered for stupid reasons these days. Not maybe. In fact, they do. I think the league wants Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, so I think you're going to get it because Kansas City's going to win. <laughs> and I think that's going to trigger some people, and it's so stupid that it will. Dave that's Cook, a your tremendous turn. take. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think that you can't bet against Kansas City, but if you look at every other roster besides tight end and quarterback – Baltimore's probably the better team. 
Right. And they're quarter- and they're close at both quarterback exactly. and tight end. Exactly. And they're but the thing is is I, I don't Mahomes shouldn't have that team this far. Like their wide receivers at at best are pedestrian. Right. Right. And if Kadarius Tony is available, Dave Hoops already gave warning. This refing crew calls offensive offsides, yeah. by the way. Yep. I, I just think that uh, there's no way Kansas City should win this game. So they will. So they probably will. But I'm still last time Dave suckered me into voting for uh, somebody else, a Houston, and I was wrong. And so I'm just going to stick with what I think. And I'm going with with Baltimore. All right, Dave Cook went last in that game. We're going to let him go first here because he's forced to pick something he picked back in late August. But the Lions have made it this far, just as you said they would. You went a step further and said the Lions are in the Super Bowl, so you're going to go with that here, I assume, at San Francisco. Yeah, I have to because because I said that. But um, I also think that they have the single biggest advantage because it negates um, what I think the Niners' greatest strength is. And that is Detroit's offensive line is so good that the defensive line, the pressure, the the linebackers on blitzes that San Francisco does, I think it really minimizes that, right? And they have enough offensive players that they should be able to score. The biggest difference, the big, if this is a neutral field, I do pick the Lions like heart and soul. But gosh, you're going to San Francisco and you're playing in the wet and, and all that, that might negate some of their offensive speed. Um, but I'm still picking Detroit because, well, I kind of have to. There you go. Dave Hoops, I'll let you go next. I know you like a good story. Many would argue there's no better story this year than the reemergence of the Detroit Lions as a valid football team. What happens tomorrow? That's such a great point. And, Dave, kudos to you because I have not just been on board that whole Lions train. It is a great story, and um, but I'm going to stay where I live or used to in the Bay Area. And but I do think that, you know, in this case, um, I negate the quarterbacks. You know, I, I think they're about a wash. And and I think the running game gives Montgomery versus McCaffrey. McCaffrey scored every single game he's ever played in the playoffs, which is not that telling. He's the best. But um in this case I really think Dave made a great point about the crappy conditions, true winners. It's a great story. But um the Niners I think are the superior team in, in most in most uh, positions on on the field, and I think they're going to win by a touchdown, say 33-26. All right, that's a good pick. I don't even think it's going to be that close. I think the Lions' fairy tale crashes hard tomorrow. I think it's going to be like 1991 when they got to an NFC Championship game and they had a great season, and oh my gosh, look at the Lions, and Washington beat them by like 30-plus. I'm not sure it's going to be that bad, but I think it's going to be multiple scores. My take is this. I like the 49ers. I enjoy watching them. Obviously, I loved them a week ago because they got rid of Green Bay. They played poorly in doing so. I think if you give Kyle Shanahan a week to fix things that didn't look good a week ago and you give him Debo Samuel back, he's just a wizard and a guru, and it's going to show. Dan Campbell is fun. Kyle Shanahan might not be as fun, but he's a better coach. Here's a thought for you. Uh, In all honesty, the Lions' worst part of the Lions uh, is their defensive secondary. Uh, if they protect Purdy, he's probably going to light that secondary up. Right. Even though I want the Lions to win, and I think that they do match up pretty well, the one spot that Niners have everything on them is with Debo is a secondary. Absolutely correct. So we will answer the question tomorrow of who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Dave Cook is going to give Dave Hoops some great questions right now. I, I think, Dave, I actually have some pretty good questions for you today. Um, my my first question, and I think it's it might be my favorite question. I told Brian I was going to do this question. Um, 
So we are, we're getting a new bridge. I don't know if you heard anything about that. Some guy came yeah, in. Yeah, some guy was here to talk some about. Some guy came into town. Did you hear what he said about Earthrider? He said something about yeah, beer. <laughs> um, so we're getting he a new bridge. He was at the brewery. He was, so at no, 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 oh. he was at Hoops? No, no, no. He was at Earthrider. It made me so happy. I knew he was at Earthrider, but when you say the brewery, for me, that's only one spot. We'll get to that later. Go ahead. All right. So we got a new bridge, <laughs> and that means the old bridge is going to go, and along with the old bridge will be the name. Right. Yes. So, what do we? What I mean, was a sports show, guys. What are we naming? What are we naming a bridge? Can I go first? You well, may. First, you should. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to no-brainer this because we just talked about Minnesota folks that you think of involved with professional sports. One that we couldn't use. You brought up was Bud Grant because he was a Wisconsin guy, a superior guy. But he is the ultimate bridge to Minnesota with his Vikings lore. I'm calling that the Bud Grant Bridge. They might call it the Bud Grant Bridge anyway. I don't see a reason not to. Go ahead, Dave Hoops. Well, I was getting a chuckle out of the fact that nobody calls it the Blatnik. You know what we all call it. And, um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to pick a, a, a person to name it after. I thought maybe I, I with the, uh, the... I want to jump in real quick. I thought maybe with the recent legalization of something that you might stick with what everybody calls it, the high bridge, right? No, it was always a joke. You know, you got the bong and the high. I yeah. mean, it's it's a funny story. Right. But no, I I like you can I like the it. ice span. I'm gonna, I'm gonna name it the ice span. Nice. Silly, but that's what's in my head. Dave Cook, it's your own question. What are you naming it? I think the sunshine. No, that one's already taken in Tampa. Never mind. We won't name it that, Brian. Um, but I I, I kind of think it's a no brainer that it should be actually the Bud Grant Bridge. But they that's not going to happen because we don't do things like that. In all in all honesty, it should be named after the um, the Native American lady who was the uh, city council or city council. Uh, uh, I can't remember her name right now. She died. Naomi. Yes, she died two two three years ago. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's who we should name it after. I'll come up with it. All right. You next look question. Up her name quick. I am in the process. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go with the let's go with the next question. Just move along so I can keep my dignity here. Um, all right, so each sport has. I thought it was Renee Van Net. It is go ahead. Renee Van Net. That's how we should name. The I was going to jump in, but I had to Google the Thank confirm. You. Go That's ahead. That's exactly what I was going to do. It should be the Renee. I was Van afraid Nett. you were playing password with nope. yourself, and nope. I wanted to help it you. It should be the Renee Van Net bridge. That's what I would call it. All right, so each sport has some rules that are unique to to them, and it might be fun to. Toss that rule on to another sport. Brian, the one we've talked about in the past is instead of foul shots, maybe in the NBA or in basketball, we we give them a power play where we take the foul, the person who committed the foul off the court for 30 seconds or so, like they do in hockey. Right. What would be a rule change to your sport, whatever sport you want to pick, um, that you think would be unique, fun, and maybe even doable? Well, I, can I go first? Please. Absolutely. It, it, they already did it. I mean, if you guys are watching our Minnesota female professional hockey team, uh, power play, shorthanded goal, power play over. It's 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 a really cool oh. thought. So it's a double whammy. And I don't know if you guys were aware of that, but I've been watching these games and they're pretty cool. But I like that rule, and that would be an instant classic in the NHL. I think. I like that idea. The other part that I like does involve penalties and power plays because I loved it at the college level. If there's a delayed penalty and you score with that extra attacker, you should still get your power play. They shouldn't get away yeah. with having committed the infraction. Yeah, I get it. They gave up a goal, which is the 
you know, risk they take by committing a penalty and having to kill off a penalty. But if you score on a delayed penalty, you should still get a power play besides college does that. Let's blow the game open. I would love that at every level. It would really increase the scoring for sure. All right. So let's take something. Let's take something a, a little different. Um, Favorite Robin Williams movie. We were watching Good Morning Vietnam oh, the other this day. Is tough. And it was like, God, I wonder what the I wonder what their favorite Robin Williams movie is. So there you go, guys. What's your favorite Robert Williams movie? Dave Hoops go first. Uh, it it's a it's a really serious toss up between Goodwill and, and Dead Poets. I'm gonna go Goodwill. Yeah, those are both good because it does depend on what version of Robin Williams do you enjoy the most because None of us, I think, realized how good of a serious actor he was, if not for those two. You know, you think of Robin Williams and everything going 3,000 miles an hour and making as many jokes as you can and everything being, you know, knee slapper, belly laugh, roll on the floor laughing kind of thing. I am going to go the comedy route. It's, it's Mrs. Delphire. It's, it's one of those movies that when it's on TV, even though I've seen it 3,000 times, I can't change the channel. I still watch it when it's on. Yeah, for me, it's, it is Good Morning Vietnam. However, the best Robin Williams movie ever is probably Aladdin. That's that's a great point. I should have said something about Good Morning Vietnam because if you listen close to how I start every one of these shows, I do say start good it. morning, but I never just say good morning. It's always good morning, and that's what that's absolutely stolen from. I don't do it nearly as well, but it is what it is. Speaking of good morning, afternoon, and night, the easiest place to have all of those is Hoops Brewing. What's going on there this weekend? Well, a couple cool things. Last night, of course, we had a big win by the dogs. Uh, ladies almost beat the national champs. Tonight, we have the same thing, and hopefully there'll be two wins. Um, we have, I want to plug this a minute. Um, next weekend is Cold Front Duluth at, Bay, at Bayfront all day, but we are sponsoring an after-party 6 to 8, giving away prizes, things like that. And, Brian, just for you, uh, raspberry wheat and cherry stout are oh, coming out. Oh, yes. As long with, Yes, and then we just released our English Porter, but we also put it on nitrogen and with coffee. So lots of fun stuff there. Absolutely. We're bumping you out with fun, fun, fun by the Beach Boys. It's perfect. There's so many good reasons to go to Hoops Brewing. Always a good reason to talk to you. We find several every Saturday. Let's do it again next week. Yeah, for sure. Enjoy the games tomorrow, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. You as well. That's our guy, Dave Hoops. We buy what he's selling if he lets us pay for it. We play buy or sell next. Brian Prudhomme and Dave Cook, Northland Sports Page. Stick around. Speaking of a good buy, time to play buy or sell on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We got some suggestions, though. The name of the bridge, that sparked uh, audience participation, if you will. Yeah, naming it after Al Amatuzio is a great idea. Yes, I think it would be as well. Like that a lot. Also, you know, some of the mayors that have been involved in both sides of the bridge, you know, Herb Bergson would be an interesting name of the bridge. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's all kinds, because he was on both sides, right? That, that's not a bad idea either. So, um, yeah, I think there's some interesting ones out there. Absolutely. So those in charge of naming the bridge, maybe they'll buy what we'll sell as we ideas. on that committee. So buy or sell goes like this. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> buy or sell goes like this. For each of the four major sports leagues, I'm going to give a statement. If Dave agrees, he's going to say buy, and he's going to tell me why. If he disagrees, he's going to say sell. And he tells me why. He's got two responsibilities, the order in which we play and piping hot takes, which, by the way, hot takes, we won't brawl. You sent me quite the video on Twitter this morning. That's a heck of a fight. If if you guys are looking for a fun video, look up Yazel Puig and his uh, bench-clearing brawl last night. Um, All right, speaking of, then, let's do Major League Baseball. All right, so this goes very well into the first segment today because we almost stole this from me very early in the show. 
but buy or sell with the Hall of Fame announcement, you are surprised by the number of Hall of Fame inductees. Well, I think I am, but not maybe in the way that you think I am. I'm very surprised Billy Wagner didn't get in. So three. So you thought there would be more? I thought there'd be four. Okay. Actually, I thought there'd be three, but I didn't think Joe Maurer would be one of them. I was going to say going in, I thought there'd be one. When I saw this year's ballot, I thought it'd be Beltre by himself. I thought Helton was getting in. Um, I really did because he has just been growing and, and people are starting to be able to have statistics that balance out Coors that they look at. Right. But Billy Wagner, I mean... I read someplace that a person that voted in Trevor Hoffman and Lee Smith did not vote for Billy Wagner, which for me is silly because Trevor Hoffman had a lot of saves, right? I get it. But the most dominant closer of all time is Mariano Rivera. The second most dominant closer that I ever saw, Billy Wagner. Really? Yeah. See, I would have wondered if and I Trevor Eck. Hoffman would have been that guy or Eckersley. I love Eck. And, but That's when, the great question that we don't yeah. have time to answer. Is it dominant or is it compiling? Because Which is Hoffman. Eckersley was way more dominant to me than Trevor Hoffman, but you look at Trevor Hoffman and he's in a different world. And then nobody mentions Lee Smith. Nobody, but it's because Lee Smith was a compiler and then a mess. Right. You know, Billy so was Joe Bauer and nobody looked at that, yeah. but I digress. Joe Nathan also should be in this conversation. I agree with you. Not. All right. So I'm buying that. I'm surprised. I kind of already said that because going into the class itself, I thought there'd be one looking at the transparency of the voters. Those that were transparent I kind of thought there were going to be five. I thought you were going to have the three we got, and I thought Wagner. And then I thought Sheffield was going to sneak in, and it would open the door for a whole bunch of other players as well. Maybe that's why he didn't sneak in, because it does open a door you don't want to. And yet, Brian, honestly, Sheffield belongs there before Held Baines. I agree. I agree altogether. All right, it's not as fun when we agree so much. Let's go with the National Football League, Brian. All right, so the Lions tomorrow playing a big one. If they win, obviously they're in the Super Bowl. And Jared Goff is in another one in a fairly short amount of time. Buy or sell that Jared Goff is underrated? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, because I don't... Yeah, I'm going to buy. I think that he probably is, but it's not by much. Because I think he is... I think people understand his value because he's he's in the right system with the right guys who can get yards after catch. But, I mean, he was, he's a game manager. He was in Los Angeles. They wanted a game breaker. Right. But his... His offense is built around him, and he hasn't screwed it up. So Is it? Are we sure it's built around him? Because it's built around their ability to run. It's right. Gibbs. It's Montgomery. Yep. That's that's if we can establish this, we make Jared Goff's life easier. Yep. I think with the Rams, he wasn't underrated at all because he rode the coattails of a hell of a defense. Aaron Donald was in a world by himself. Now he's on a defense by himself, and the Rams aren't as good defensively. <laughs> But I don't know the answer to this wholeheartedly because right, that's what I said. Though. He might be underrated because he's probably the fifth guy even on Detroit that you mentioned. You mentioned their defense. You mentioned Hutchins. You mentioned St. Brown offensively. Gibbs Montgomery, tight end Laporta, yeah. and then you go, oh yeah, somebody's got to get him the ball. I guess it's Goff. Yeah. He be underrated, but maybe not statistically I, a giant anyway. How about this? I don't think he's underrated. I think he's respected. So that doesn't mean he's overrated either. I think they just right. say, oh, yeah, Jared is, Goff. Is he respected because he isn't going to make the mistake that's going to kill yes, you? Yes, 100%. Because I still think Kirk is much better than Jared Goff. But somebody will say, well, Kirk will make the mistake to lose you the game. And they might be right. Yeah, but Kirk's also the guy that's going to get you into that game. Like, that's how, I mean, that's his M.O. But he hasn't. Jared no, Goff, for another season, is much further than Kirk's ever been. He hasn't, got, he doesn't get you into, but Jared Goff's also been 8-8 eight and eight most of his career. 
He's had two runs. And one, one in 16 and, when the Vikings handed him one game. So correct. they could say you beat so, Kirk. So I think Kirk ensures that you're never worse than 500. Goff can't. Like, Goff has these skilled players. I was going to say, no. it might be the same way that their pulse goes. Goff has these peaks and valleys where yep. Kirk is a flatliner. Yep, yep. I, I think that Goff is just respected. I don't think he's overrated or underrated. He's in the right spot at the right time, and people just kind of go, oh, yeah, yep, yep. Golf. All right, so the two leagues with the regular season still going, NBA, yep. NHL. What do we got? Let's go NHL. All right, so I already gave you this question earlier today because we just had it come up in conversation because the Wild had another interesting week riding the roller coaster that is Minnesota Pro Sports. The Wild got on board. Buy or sell, they suckered you in enough to Kerrigan. No, I checked out. Um, I hope they do well. Um, I, that's not true. What I think they should do, do well is to shoot for a better draft pick now because they're so injured. I, I don't really care to see them go in as an eight seed and, and be fodder for a team that's not injured, right. that has the ability to put six or seven games together. I, Although, does the seed number matter? Because we've been that for everybody, no matter where we were over the last yeah. several years. Yep. No, I'd prefer to see them muscle up and put some people around Faber and be one year closer to the Parisi thing being done. And Right. And uh, Find a way just, to financially succeed again. Spurgeon be back healthy. Does Will Butcher like, do anything for you? Go Pioneers. Not yet. Let's see how he plays. Right. But it's not a bad pickup on paper. It's not. But, I mean, let's get Jared Spurgeon back healthy. Brodeen can come back healthy. Uh, let's get a top five pick, see what we get out of that, and let's go get them next year. This team is just fodder for somebody. All right, so I'm going to buy that they suckered me into care again, but it was for about two hours. Because here's <laughs> the thing. We're on this show once a week, every Saturday. And the week itself is always odd to me, because especially when you look at like the Timberwolves, who we'll get to next with the NBA take. The Timberwolves had the best individual scoring performance in team history and lost. And you go, well, that's more Timberwolves than anything they could possibly do. Well, the Wild were out of it going into this week, and then they rattled off some victories, and you go, oh, well, suddenly they're kind of in the thick of it. They got a big one. Well, as soon as you pay attention to that big one, they lost, and I checked out again. Yeah, they had, when Hines first got hired and they went nuts for a couple of weeks, I was like, okay, maybe the coach was the difference maker. Well, we No, know, they're just a blah team. Yes. Right. They're a hell or high water team that they're going to disappoint you at times. Let's go to the National Basketball Association. All right. So buy or sell this. The Minnesota Timberwolves did have the best individual scoring performance in team history and lost earlier this week. That was an interesting game for a number of reasons. A lot of the blame by pundits in the media went to the coach. The coach came out and said, my players are immature. This was disgusting. Buy or sell, you're good with Chris Finch calling out his players. I'm good with it. Like, he doesn't overplay that hand. Like, you don't hear Chris Finch, like some coaches that rip their team all the time. Sometimes a team deserves to get ripped. Uh, right. And how often have we seen a, a guy like Gardenhire and you watch his team just fall apart and you're like, take somebody apart and he goes, golly. Gardy would call you Cooksey. You yeah. work your tail off. Yeah, exactly. Take it on him. Cooksey and, has a bad show. He works his tail off. Right. Well, Although it'd be Cookie, I and I know you I don't like, like that. that line. That's a good line. We should go with that. I just, he, I don't mind a coach who, when they decide the team needs it, they get it, right? And I don't right. mind a team call, a coach calling his kids out publicly. That being said, the opposite side of that is Zimmer, and Zimmer started ripping his players all the time, and that doesn't work either. So I don't have a well, problem. I was going to say he ripped his GM for transactions, but that's a different that's story altogether. I'll buy that I'm good with Finch doing it because these are professionals, and most of them have been around a while. They should be good with it. The only thing I'm not sold on entirely, pun intended, is did it work or not? Because you can say it did because they won a couple of games since then. 
but they didn't do it in necessarily a different way in which they lost earlier in the week. They played three good quarters, and then the fourth, you kind of go, ugh. How about this for a buy or sell? Mike Conley's the most important player on that team. Buy, 4,000%. <laughs> Our number two is next. Harbor Monsters general manager Steve Walters is in studio. Stick around. We'll be right back.